0: Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 10% Happier Early and ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. So you're going to hear uh, a great story this week, what it's like to be a rock star and what it's like to become a rock star and to be on that rocket ride uh, and how uh, it's as exciting as you might think and and maybe not everything you might think and why one in the midst of this kind of experience would uh turn to uh to to meditation. Adam Levin is the drummer of a band called the X Ambassadors. I'll be honest, I I don't know how this podcast came about. The X Ambassadors are it's not a band I I have followed um but I found myself across uh the table from Adam and he is as you're about to hear Really smart, really impressive. He has a great story to tell. And so, again, I forget how this uh, podcast came about, but I'm very glad it did. And I think you will be too. Here's Adam. From ABC, this is the 10% Happier Podcast. I'm Dan Harris. I always ask the same question at the start. How did you get into meditation? What, what do you do? What, what, what kind of meditation? So I
1: do mindfulness meditation. Yeah. I'm actually somewhat new to it. Nice. I'd say in the last eight months. And um, my brother, Aaron, uh, has been into meditation for years and I think has done some classes and retreats where it's like a three-day intensive kind of meditation class and guided Thing and so I'd heard him talk about it and heard him talk about how it's helped him and really changed his life. And then my uh, therapist or my psychologist suggested it. I'm very anxious in general and uh, very hard for me to stay in the moment and kind of appreciate the now is my thing. That no matter how good everything's going right now, I'm always waiting for the next. For it to go bad, kind of, and uh, that's not a fun way to live. So he I was recommended
0: because go- things are going quite things tough. are going quite
1: well, yeah, and they continue to go quite well. And even when they were going less well, I had the same worry. And they just keep getting better, and that was kind of a side effect of that, which is not obviously not how it should be. And uh, so the anxiety was making it difficult for you to enjoy the success. Yeah. And the success was giving more anxiety because we were so busy and, you know, it was kind of like when all of everything started for us uh, two or three years ago, we kind of left on like a month-long tour and like nothing was really happening and we were all kind of stressed about that and bummed out. And it very quickly like um, everything started happening for us and it went from being a one-month tour to like a two-year tour Mm -hmm. with no mental preparation. It was just like oh, we're adding this and we're adding this and we're adding this. And when it got to the point where it was just like, okay, you're going to be gone for the next year or two, which is exactly what we had all hoped for. And it's not like we didn't want that to happen, but it was just very sudden. And so, yeah, going back to how I got into meditation, just I think needing it and having these people in my life who, had experience with it, at suggesting I get into it. And Headspace was my first introduction to mindfulness meditation. And are you did did are you still doing that, or did you move on to something else? What? I still do that and others. Um, so someone our we we're shooting a music video about a month ago, and our the makeup artist actually hair and makeup. Suggested this app called Insight Timer. Oh yeah, yeah. which has just a bunch of free uh, guided meditations that I love actually, and I've been doing more because there's more variety and uh, you can move around. Headspace really encourages you to follow the packs, so there's different. There's like a calm pack and an anxiety pack and a relationships pack and a all just every different genre of anxiety or stress. Or not even, just, uh, you know, there's one to do while you're walking, one to do before exercising. But they are in a 10 to 30 sets of meditations that are meant to do daily. So if if you're doing the change pack and you want to switch to the anxiety pack one day, you lose all your progress. And so it encourages you to stick with what you're doing. And I like Insight Timer because it can really jump around and do a meditation that's very guided and then do one that has a lot of space in it to kind of test yourself. And I really like that. How hard – I'm
0: really interested because I'm actually working on a book right now that to to help people establish and maintain a meditation habit. Mm -hmm. How hard was it for you to to do that? You said eight months ago
1: and and you're still going. Do you do it every day? How much do you do? I find – and it's just my nature and probably – Has to do with, you know, the addictive personality of musicians because that's how you get into wanting to practice something, anyways, is by becoming obsessive with it. But I kind of went through that with meditation where I first got it and was like, okay, I'm going to go on like a crazy streak of it. Also, gives you these streak markers. So it encourages you to not skip a day with giving you, it'll give you like discounts on your next month's subscription. So I went really hard on that for like 30 to 50 days i can't remember where i lost it and then i kind of fell off and then noticed my thoughts and behavior changing you know I, I could definitely see the benefits from meditating and i was losing those benefits when i stopped and got back into it and now i'd say i try to do it every day uh but i would say average uh 4 or 5 days a week and there have been – there's been a month in that eight-month period where I didn't meditate at all. And you really noticed a difference. Yeah.
0: I think fortified you know, I,
1: I've embraced this concept of daily-ish. Yeah. Which is – I think that's – you know, it's kind of like the whole mantra in mindfulness meditating that, you know, if your thoughts wander to not judge and to just bring it back to the meditation at hand, it's kind of like the same thing. You don't want to beat yourself up if you miss a day because then you might be discouraged to further continue. Bingo. Yeah. So
0: when you're meditating, the whole thing is you're trying to focus on your breath or, yeah. some, or something. And then when you get distracted, you start again. Same thing in this. If you, you're trying to do it every day, but if you fall off the wagon, you don't want to let your ego tell you a story about you, now you're a failed meditator. So yeah. you're like, all right, I get it. My I, Those thoughts are coming up, but I can start again anytime
1: I want. That's and it's thing. so easy and you can do it anywhere. You know, I often am meditating. I found that, you know i know every um app that i've used i haven't done any sort of like class or meditated with a professional i don't know if that's even a term i'm sure it is <laughs> but it is. um i have only used apps and i've found that i can do it you know i never have quiet even quiet for me is like a airplane taking off that's like the most quiet time I've. You guys, had. Even, do you fly commercial or do you guys? Yeah. Okay, you do. Yeah, I've never flown private. Even when you guys are on chagrin. tour. Yeah, flying private's very expensive, so you'd you would have to. You guys cho- are a big band, though. We are, but you choose between: do you want to make profit or fly private right. wa- once? So it's, <laughs> you know. So a plane, no planes are perfect.
0: I meditate on planes all the time. Yeah,
1: but I am saying, even in a loud green room with ten people going wild i can meditate really yeah before a
0: show yeah and the, and the other guys aren't aren't like uh, mocking you or smacking you oh the no they
1: around. are very respectful and they'll even there have been times where i've meditated and we like had an interview and i met, didn't have my schedule right and they like didn't want to interrupt me so they went and did it and d- are them. the other
0: guys doing it ah uh, or- yeah
1: sam is doing it the singer casey does not uh meditate i believe but I'm sure – but he should. I think really everyone should. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about what
0: kind of difference it's made for you. You talked about your anxiety and, and just you know, having trouble living right here, right now. By the way, you're in good company. Same no, I thing. Know, yeah. A lot of people feel that way. I know,
1: yeah. That's why I have no <clears> – <throat> I'm not embarrassed of it at all because I know it's very common. Um,
0: I, I I would say more than that. I think actually – you deserve a lot of credit for talking about it publicly because you have a lot of fans, a lot of people look up to you. You normalize it, you make it okay for other people. So, actually, you're doing a real service yeah. by talking about it.
1: Yeah. So, I just notice it's almost like practice. You know, I mean, it's practicing your thought process. And if you practice anything, you get better at it, right? So, if before I started meditating, my mind would go. To a negative place, and I would just feed into it, and then go continue in that negative style of thinking because I wasn't thinking about that I was having negative thoughts. That's just where my brain was and what I was focused. You on. had
0: no your 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 mind was offering up negative thoughts, and you had no idea that they were just thoughts.
1: Exactly. You, you well, just no, I it. just was like, yeah, that's what I'm. That's where I'm at. This is or the where, truth. I mean, I wasn't even conscious of it, or you know, it's kind of like. And then meditating allowed me to recognize those things that not every thought is worth investigating and putting energy into. And sometimes you're going to have crazy good or bad thoughts. And um, it's, you know, you don't want to feed those bad thoughts because they really, the more you feed them, the more they manifest. And so for me, it, it was the practice of, And also like the metaphors, which I'm sure a lot of people find corny that a lot of the meditation apps use of imagining a stream and that your thoughts are leaves flowing downstream and they're going to be gone soon. Or the ticker on CNN analogy where Mm -hmm. you see like the news points that are all random, just little forward news points that um, can be catastrophic but once they scroll by, you're not thinking about them anymore. And I try to apply that to my thought process, and that has helped me a lot. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's
0: perfect. You're a quick study. Yeah. Um. And in a great exa- a great example of the fact that apps can work. You don't need to sit at the feet of a master, which, by the way, is a great thing to do if you I will, can. I
1: really want to. I can help you with that. That would be great. And well, afterwards, we'll talk about um, that. But also, I found I had – one problem is when you're on the plane, all these apps re- require the internet, a lot of them.
0: Mine doesn't. Uh, well, before I you leave, I'll, I'll, I will also give you mine so um, you can download it great. and use it.
1: But Headspace even, you can download, but if you don't download ahead of time, then you can't meditate. So I have gotten in the habit of just setting my timer and doing it on my own. Perfect. So but it, I find yeah. the guided for me is much easier for me to stay on track.
0: A lot of people have this – idea that somehow guided meditations are training wheels or cheating yeah not true and yeah. I use I use both and I think it's great that you're doing this. sometimes if you don't have access to the guided meditation you want because you're on a plane uh, set a timer and do 5 10 20 minutes whatever it is you want to do on your own unguided it's yeah. a great way to you know as you said before kind of test yourself but switching back and forth is great yeah perfect yeah I would love to know kind of the inside story And by inside, I mean inside your head of the rise of the ex-ambassadors, what it was like for you. And because you started to talk about it a little bit before. And then how and then, you know, within that story, at what point did you decide, okay, I need to do a few things here to take care of myself?
1: So, I mean, we've been we met like the other guys in the band are brothers And uh, I've been playing music since before I met them together and since childhood. And they're from Ithaca? They're from Ithaca, New York. And you're from? I'm from Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And how did you guys meet? So um, I came to New York for college to uh, Eugene Lang at the new school downtown and met uh, Sam and Noah the literal first day of orientation of college in the dorms. And we kind of passed demos back and forth and then over that year started playing together just in a room, not even writing songs, just like jamming, playing other songs, or just coming up with new things. But it wasn't like we were like trying to remember them for next time. It was just kind of freestyle. And uh, during the second year of college, we kind of decided to take it more seriously. We rented a rehearsal space, um, started... Playing shows just around New York for our friends, or most of the time, not even our friends would show up. It would just be <laughs> an empty room with the other bands, and so that there was—I mean, literally five or six years of that. Of like, we were living in New York. The first three or four, we were in college, and then after that, we were all working odd jobs. And what were you? What was your odd job? I was a physical therapy assistant for a little while and just did anything I could to make ends meet. And so there was three years of it in college and two or three years of everyone working odd jobs and kind of us playing around New York. And then there was the period where we were like, "Okay, we're all going to just focus 100 percent on music and not have odd jobs like we'll just be really broke, but we'll be able to take every tour we can get. And do that. So we started doing that and continued writing songs. And in 2012 or 13, we started to gain some steam. Um, a song got on a radio station down in Norfolk, Virginia that kind of brought us to the attention of the music business and the record labels and agents and all that stuff. Wait, well, well, <laughs> why would Norfolk,
0: Virginia playing your song lead to
1: anything? I know. It's crazy, but there's a radio station in Norfolk that it was like the radio programmer heard the song and gave it a shot on the radio. People kept requesting it. By the end of the year, it was the number one song on the radio at this rock station. And we went down to play a show there. We sold out 1,500 people, which at the time was insane. The next day, we went to Philly and played for three people. (laughs) And then, like, we'd come to New York and play for 100. But Norfolk, Virginia, we'd sell 1,500 tickets. So it was like... Like a version of being huge in Japan. Yeah. yeah. No, we would go down there, and we were like gods. And then we'd come back, and we're like, oh, man, we're broke and playing to no one in Philly. But that led to us getting signed, which you think then you're... You signed with who? Interscope okay. and Kid in the Corner Records. Okay. And most people think when you get signed, you've made it. You're good. Do you hang out with Jimmy Iovine? No. <laughs> No, I just I watched that him. documentary about it. Yeah, it's amazing. I hang the out. We hang ones. out with yeah. the other guys who still work at the label, who are great, and uh-huh. we love love all of them. Um, and Jimmy Iovine has has really been great to us and put our song in this commercial campaign for the World Cup a couple years back. But um, going back to the, so we got signed. Uh, you think that you've made it, but when once you get signed, you're just the uh, lowest on the totem pole competing against the best artists in the world so then we were on the label nothing we were touring and putting out eps and slowly building but as far as a record label is concerned they want things to happen fast they were not happening fast and so we were on the label for two years trying to just make things happen little things were happening nothing really major and then our song got placed in a jeep commercial hold on
0: before that that whole period how was your anxiety level
1: not as high as when the success, we really? had more success. You
0: weren't, you were
1: kind of cool with like, I, bump, bump, I, I also feel like I have major like hindsight bias where in the moment everything is really stressful and anxious, but looking back on yeah. it, it was like the best time of yeah. my life. Yes. You know what I it's mean? It's like
0: when you go to summer camp and every year they're like, this this summer is great, but last summer, I mean, it'll never be as good well, as last Well, it's not summer.
1: even that. It's like you know, right now maybe I'm like really anxious because we have a new record coming out and, you know, when it comes out, the it'll be up to the world to decide if it's a success or not and it's really stressful right now but if in a year it's successful, I'll think back to this time as, oh man, that was such a great time. We didn't even know what we had yet and so <laughs> I feel like I'm probably doing that. I'm sure I was pretty anxious yeah. back then too but for me it's like I feel like I really didn't, acknowledge or recognize my anxiety. It's like almost like I didn't even know it was anxiety. I just thought that's how I was, right? Which is hard to explain. No,
0: no. I get it. You I know? totally get it because again, your mind's offering up all these thoughts and you have no distance from it. It's like yeah. it's the truth. Yeah. It's like this inner anchor man telling you how things are when exactly. in fact you don't you don't nobody's pulled back the curtain and showed you it's this is it's just somebody barfing up a bunch of stuff that you don't have to listen exactly.
1: to. Exactly. And so but I do think there's there was some you know it's like the beauty and the struggle. There was like yeah. this beautiful thing of we were all in it together to like there's nothing, absolutely absolutely no reason we should be doing this. Like all signs lead to it's not going to work, and we still like I don't think now that would happen again just because we're older and How old do you know? I'm 29, almost okay. 30. But you know it was like literally like us all taking turns putting in 40 bucks in the gas tank from our debit cards. Like, wow. You know. Even after you'd been signed? Uh No, not after we'd been signed, but in the earlier years. And when we were signed, we were just getting money from the label, which you have to pay back anyways. Right. And so it's essentially the same thing, but just – uh Via wire transfer instead of taking out our own or it's on credit instead of money we already had. But but, yeah, the times were very stressful uh, before things happened. Then as things started happening, there was this like it's almost like a relationship. There's a honeymoon period where all your dreams are coming true and everything is just amazing. And like nothing can get to you. And everything's great. And you're blinded by the light or whatever. And then it's like a year into that heavy tour cycle and playing these when you play an amazing sold out show every night, you don't appreciate it of as course. much. You yeah. know, it's like that's the norm. And You're like, man, I would love to just go home.
0: Plan savings with T Mobile. Third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. You know, there's a term for this. There's a term that describes this very. What's the It's term? called hedonic adaptation. Yeah. So it means that, like, something good happens to you, like, all of a sudden you go from being. Pl- Playing for three people in Philly, yeah. to playing shelled out shows overnight. And at first, there's a huge like dopamine hit from that. You're like, yeah. wow, this is amazing. But after a while, you just bake it
1: into your baseline. Exactly. And it's like, all right, well, this is what I do now. No longer a thrill. I need to tell my uh, psychologist that I so love that. He loves, I have a line that I said to him or something that was like, you know, you can get like bored with doing your dream after a while. And you so. True and, and sad. That yeah, that's it's true. Disillusion. You, you, you get disillusioned. So, so how do you just practical
0: question? You, you, this what you thought was a one month tour turns into a infinite tour. How do you even get to see your shrink? You call I'd him? call
1: him, but I wasn't seeing him back then.
0: Oh, okay. So you yeah. started seeing him after? I started seeing him a year ago. At this point, you're already like a bona fide rock star, I mean, and we're
1: and... we're already like done with that tour cycle. And yeah, I mean. Probably started seeing him almost exactly a year ago.
0: The decision to do that, did you have a moment of like, okay, now everything I've worked for in my entire life is here. I've got it. And I'm unhappy.
1: It wasn't even that. It was like, because I don't feel like everything I want to come true has come true. Come, it's like there's levels. No matter where you are, the levels change. So it's like back in the day, we just wanted to like be signed. And then we got signed, and nothing was happening. We we're like, "Who cares about being signed? We just want to like earn enough money to not have a job." And then it's like, then we want to sell out this place, and then sell out that place, and now we want to sell out like the garden or something, you know? So, and then when we sell out the garden, we'll want to sell out giant stadium or yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it'll never end. This but, is, this is, and then we'll want to sell out two nights at giant stadium, <laughs> you know? But you keep moving the
0: goalposts. This is uh, – I often say that the pursuit of happiness yeah. can become – and I think I stole this from somebody yeah. – can become the source of our unhappiness. Totally. You know, it's like you, just, you were insatiable.
1: Yeah. And so that's – there was a little bit of that, but it was more like I've had this – it was more of the shock of getting off the road, I think, is, and I had just gone through a breakup in a five-year relationship. Oh, wow. So it was like, okay, I don't have the distraction of being – busy 12 hours a day anymore and now i'm home and i just moved to la and i'm from there so i have friends there it's not like i didn't know people but and the whole band lives there now the whole band lives there now but i had just moved to la and suddenly had 12 hours a day that i had to like fill myself
0: because you guys were in a hiatus the band. we
1: were recording but it was just like even that just not having the schedule you know we have like a tour manager and a very tight schedule so it was like two years of every day opening up your google cal and seeing exactly where everything's going to happen you know everything from like eating to who where you're going to do your laundry to what car you're going to take was figured out and then you're like home and you're like okay i have a day off and what am i going to do to fill it and it was kind of a shock to me and i i was just dealing with a lot of different things and Uh, I had never seen, like, a psychologist before or a therapist. Um, But it's great. I'd recommend it to everyone, even if you're not going through – everyone's going through something. But even if you feel great, I still think it's – I would recommend it to anybody.
0: Take me back into sort of hedonic adaptation. So one or two years into your rise, you guys are hits – uh, you've, you've got your record out and you've got a bunch of hit songs and you're playing sold out shows. Did you ever find yourself on stage at any of these shows kind of like bored and wanting to leave? Yeah. Really? For sure. Because I, I mean, I'm, I'm 46, so this is never going to happen for me. Yeah. But my, I, I can think of nothing cooler than being, <laughs> I, I play the drums. i play the drums since I was 10. Really? Yes. Cool. And, uh, I'm bad. Uh, but I love playing the drum. I have a drum set in my office, and really? uh, yeah,
1: or you got to show me after.
0: It's 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 really sad and dusty because only my two year old plays it now. because cool. I don't even do it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I will occasionally go with my friends. I haven't done it in a while, but we will rent out a room and play together and stuff in, in, in a rehearsal space. And I lo- I can imagine nothing cooler than playing with a bunch of in front of a bunch of people like screaming and yeah. excited. But even that loses its luster after a while.
1: Well, I'm sure you had a dream once of being. You know, like a journalist or on the radio or whatever, and that's your main gig. Yes. And um, I'm sure there are days when you just want to go home or when you're not feeling it or when you're tired of it. Sure. And it's exactly the same. Sure. There was a time in your life where this would have been your wildest dream. Yes. And now it's your normalcy and it's like – there are days where you just don't want to go into work and do it.
0: Well, the trick—you're absolutely right. And yeah. the thing—the thing that I find meditation helps me with is it kind of just re-ups my engagement with whatever's happening exactly. right now. And then anything—brushing your teeth, for me, just like staring at my kid. The fact that I have yeah. a kid, that we—that he exists—is amazing to yeah. me. And just trying to infuse the rest of your life with that stuff actually can. Can be the antidote to what totally. we're discussing.
1: Yeah, I I agree, and I've totally found that it's almost the practice of doing something positive. You know, it's almost like the making your bed when you wake up, so you get mm-hmm. in the habit of mm-hmm. just getting something done.
0: Also, just it also what you're, what you're practicing, or at least in my experience, is you're practicing waking up from the dream of autopilot. Exactly, of just where you're just constantly worrying about the future because I've dealt with anxiety my whole life yeah. or, or or worried about the past instead you're just like alright wow I'm eating a sandwich yeah um, which can actually which can taste really good if you're not like um, regretting some stupid thing you said in 6th grade exactly yeah so
1: That's
0: very true so um, is it but don't don't totally uh make me disillusioned here I mean, when at, when you guys were becoming stars and and this was all coming true for you there must have been some amazing moments oh my
1: god i mean it was all amazing moments even the you know like i was saying looking back on it uh how ha- i have a little hindsight, hindsight bias. bias yeah yeah that's all i remember from my <laughs> psychology class um but uh i mean it was the most unreal experience ever just 2 years into it We were all extremely burnt out. So I would say 95% of the time was unreal, amazing moments, Um, and 5% was, like, anxiety and stress. And, you know, I know Sam, our singer, went through it a lot with his voice. He kind of had to learn a whole new lifestyle, eating differently, exercising, uh, doing these intense warm-ups every day, And he, you know, I know has a lot of anxiety about that and just in general. And it's been great for him. I've noticed a difference in him since he's been meditating as well.
0: You know, I was hanging out. I had to do a story recently on Panic at the Disco. Oh, yeah. We love those guys. The the lead singer. Brandon. Brandon is such a nice guy. Super nice. And I was doing a story for Nightline, which is one of the shows I work on. And and, uh, he was talking to me about the the physicality. He was... He performing is crazy. On he was performing on Broadway at this time, Kinky Boots. And it yeah. was, it, he, there, was, there was a lot of anxiety about losing his voice. And I was in his dressing room with him. And he's got all this contraptions and yeah. stuff. Steamers. Yeah. And... It's a real thing that I was unaware of that singers have to deal with. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. And he's, he can really sing. Brandon. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, so you guys. We toured with them. Oh, they're, you did? They were one of the like first big bands to take us on tour. The, the
0: the lifestyle so I, I mean i imagine rock stars you know you know we've seen images of you know rock stars with like needles
1: hanging out of their arms and yeah. all that stuff. is it like that no no not for us honestly not no bands are shooting heroin and going that crazy anymore uh thank god
0: but is everybody <laughs> <I> <laughs> think at least good. Uh, at least we aren't um, but no. So people are eating healthy, meditating, all that stuff. Like that's an okay thing to do. That is not going to totally. make you a social outcast. <clears throat> no, We're, millennials, man.
1: Yeah, it's true. Like the honestly, there's way more like uh health. We're you know what I see on the road. It's funny. Is a lot more yoga mats and foam rollers than <laughs> really? drugs and paraphernalia. Wow, yeah. Yeah. I think
0: that's awesome. That's great. But, I I mean, there
1: are bands that do that, and there was a time where we were crazier, but we're also, you know, a lot of bands hit it when they're 19, 20, and we were a band at that time, and we were definitely a little bit crazier then. But, you know, we're all older and take this very seriously and take our show seriously, and there's no way um, to keep up physically or mentally with partying like that. That's why none of those bands that do that can last. So what's going on with the band right now? As we,
0: as we, as I prepare to free you and go off to the rest of your day, what's going on with the band right now? And what, what's on your mind?
1: So right now we have basically finished our new record, which we've been working on for the last year, which is very important. Uh, second out, it's our second full length album. What's it called? It's called, I can't tell you what it's called yet. Okay. When's it come out? Uh, it'll come out early next year. Okay. And, uh, it's the best work we've ever done without a doubt. And um, we're all very proud of it. But right now we're in the time of it's finished. So there's no stress about that. But now it's kind of like up to the world to decide if it's a, you know, we I know, we, I couldn't be happier with what we've created just in a vacuum. But now it's time to see if the world agrees. And I really think they will. And that's
0: that's a source of stress. No, no totally,
1: question. Totally. But I feel, and I think it has a lot to do with just getting older, that I'm in a much better place and have more kind of tools to help deal with everything that's going on. Whether it's the stress of now, if the record does good or does bad, I feel like I have the tools to deal with it and however it goes. But I really, I have, I don't have any doubt that it's going to do well. I really believe in what we've done. I'm rooting for you now. Thank you. Yeah, I can't wait for you to hear it.
0: Really cool of you to come in here. And, and yeah, thank and you for talk. having
1: me. I love this.